This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omar Saleh and Hani Balkis on Pulse 95. Future Talk. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that's happening in the tech world, we're talking about it right here on Pulse95. And today is a very packed day. We have so much in store for you. Um, But we're going to be starting with a few COVID-19 stories, more specifically about the role of drones when it comes to fighting COVID-19. Because Mother's Day was uh, on the weekend. I think it was on Saturday. And, you know, since with COVID-19, we do like to maintain social distance. Lebanon was getting creative with its flying roses. What's that all about? We're going to be telling you the latest on that. And speaking about drones, we're going to talk about how, how a Chinese restaurant is employing drone delivery to maintain social distancing and how UAE students are now invited to a program for heroic space robots. Yes, indeed. And, you know, with COVID-19 taking place, we are being reminded on a daily basis that we need to take better care of our Earth. And that's exactly why we're going to be speaking to the chief operating officer and co-founder of the Smart Bin, a bin that can definitely identify the rubbish that's thrown into it and the person using it. But not just that, you're also going to be able to take to make a little bit of money, uh, maybe enter some prize draws, you know, such as a restaurant meal or shopping vouchers using every dirham that you're going to be gaining from recycling with this bin. Yes, indeed. Now we're going to talk about Apple, my favorite thing to talk about, and how it's selling a smart bike helmet with an LED turn signal, something very weird for Apple to do so, but I'm in for it and I'm excited for it. Lots and lots to talk about. Text in 4215 if you have any questions about the smart bin and we'll definitely be asking uh, the CEO, Ayula, uh, all about your questions. But we're going to be taking a short break and once we're back, we're going to be heading right into Daily Digital. So make sure you stay tuned right here on Pulse. 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. We are talking about drones and especially something that happened in Lebanon. Now, not most of the time do we hear something going on in Lebanon, especially when it comes to technology. But for the coronavirus, Lebanon and drones and Mother's Day is something that the mix is all about. Yes, indeed, because in a quiet Lebanese town under lockdown because of COVID-19, a drone was actually buzzing towards a balcony on Saturday to deliver a red rose to a mother who was definitely very surprised to find an unordinary way um, for her son to show his love. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic definitely did put a damper on Mother's Day in Lebanon and in different parts around the world. Every person was encouraged to stay home But three students came up with a new service to celebrate the occasion without, you know, coming and uh, destroying any of the social distancing restrictions. Now, down in the street in a coastal town of uh, Junia, 18-year-old Christopher Ibrahim texted a teenager who has ordered a flower drop-off for his mother, asking him to bring the family onto the balcony. And he basically slipped a single rose in a ring that was hanging.
hanging under a drone. So the drone was basically lifting into the air, carrying this flower all the way to his mother. Simply because, you know, it's Mother's Day, everything is closed, but drones can always function. Yes, indeed, because for almost a week, most Lebanese people have been ordered to remain at home to stem the spread of the COVID-19 coronavirus. And even the airport has closed and all non-essential businesses have been told to shut down because... Unfortunately, Lebanon has recorded around 206 cases of the novel coronavirus so far and has counted four casualties. But in light of all of this, it is Mother's Day. Our mother is the most important thing in our world. And I I hope most of us have that same uh, uh, mindset about our mothers. And uh, it's very important to show love and respect and affection to our mothers. And uh, on on Saturday, Mother's Day, uh, this 18-year-old did something great. For his mother, and, and I respect it. I respect the engineering student who actually uh, helped uh, this kid uh, give his mother a rose. It's definitely a very different way of using technology and using drones. Um, we we've heard of it being used, you know, with COVID nineteen to sanitize people, but never to give out roses. But in another part of the world, in China, uh, you know, we've all heard of the lockdown that happened, and you know, cases have definitely calmed down. Many restaurants are opening again. But they're employing drone delivery so that they can keep maintaining social distancing. So anyone who heads to that restaurant will basically be receiving their food, uh, whatever it is that they're uh, ordering through this drone. So the person who is you know serving at that restaurant will sanitize the drone he will check all of the mechanics of the drone so that he can avoid any crashing he'll put the handle of the bag um, on the hook that is attached to the drone and there you have it you have your food air delivered that is amazing now i'm looking at the pictures right now omnia <laughs> and i can see uh how, how it looks pretty fun like i wouldn't <laughs> mind eating at this restaurant Obviously, uh, I feel like you'd be you'd be the one controlling the drone yourself. Yes, indeed. I mean, I see the customers there sitting down while the drone is bringing the food. And it's actually a pretty small drone. I'm actually pretty surprised that uh, this drone can carry uh, the food without dropping it or having a little bit of weight problems. But uh, hats off to China. Hats off to Lebanon for uh, for going and 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 implementing the social distancing right here in uh, in the world. Yes, indeed. But what's happening in the UAE? Well, Omnia, students are invited to a program for heroic space robots. Now, uh, it is a challenge that allows them to program robots to save the International Space Station from disastrous situation. Now, the program is called the Kibo Robot Programming Challenge and is actually being held by the Japanese space agency JAXA which is in collaboration with NASA. But the UAE Space Agency and Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center made the challenge available to all students in the country as well. Yes, indeed. And honestly, can I just say that the robot is way too cute. He looks like... Uh uh, the Furby toys that were given to children um, at a young age. But this competition actually asks all students to come up with a breakthrough programming for JAXA's free-flying camera robot who's called Intball. Now, uh, as you know, as we mentioned, he's free-flying. So he has a system that can solve any emergency that may arise on the International Space Station. So as you can imagine, he is literally a floating head. Now, for this specific competition, the emergency scenario that was given 
given to students is when, let's say, the International Space Station is faced with a situation where a meteor uh, crashed into the station itself and caused a life-threatening air leakage on the outpost. Honestly, that's terrifying to think of. Now, that's crazy, actually, Omni. And what I like is how the UAE is jumping on the race to space. I mean, we've kind of already went to space right here in the UAE with Hazal Mansouri and Sultan Al Niadi, and uh, they were the first Emirati astronauts, or Hazal Mansouri was the first Emirati astronaut to go all the way to space. And uh, we are now encouraging the UAE, and Hazal Mansouri himself is now encouraging all pupils and students to go and get on that grind so maybe one day they can be the next Emirati's astronaut. Now, what will happen in this competition or this challenge is that people, like students, will work in teams to create their own program which allows the Intibal to support Astrobee as a camera drone in order to stop the leakage just like Omnia said. They will use JAXA's online simulation environment to develop the programs. Yes, indeed. So they are definitely going to be safe and sound. But speaking of Hazza al-Mansouri, he actually gave a presentation of how the Intibal was being used on board of the station during his space mission last year. And Students who actually participate in this competition, they'll have a chance to learn how important it is to control and correct the positions um, and the orientation of this free-flying robot. They'll learn how to perform the assigned task, um, especially when you're on board an environment uh, like the International Space Station. And best part is it's all happening online, so COVID-19 can't harm that, can it? Yes, indeed. You're right about that, Omnia. Now, the competition applications must be submitted before April 19th, 20. 2020. So do send in your applications and the preliminary rounds will be hosted by the UAE Space Agency in June and the winning teams will go on to the final round hosted at JAXA Space Center with real-time connections wow. to the International Space Station. But listen to this, the final, which is expected to put, take place in September, will be broadcasted worldwide so this is your chance <laughs> to get your 15 minutes of fame but not with ease you do have to use your brain and hopefully you will are smart enough to program something that the international space station or nasa will use you heard it here first we're going to be coming back and speaking all about what are we speaking about we're speaking about apple selling their smart bike helmets aren't we yes indeed so stay tuned right here on pulse 95, 95. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. So from MacBooks to Air to AirPods to iPads, Apple is now entering a new sector of business, aren't they? Yes, indeed. It is very weird. I mean, Apple uh, is announcing a lot of things. They've announced the MacBook Air, the Air, the iPad Pro. And uh, now they're announcing a smart bike helmet with an LED turn signal. Now, this is very weird from Apple because I'm saying it's very weird because they're announcing a lot of things in the time where the world is at a pandemic. Now, bike commuters do a lot to make drivers notice them. And we can tell as most of us are drivers. And hopefully you're listening to this this radio show <laughs> while you're driving. Now, uh, a lot of bikers, they do put reflectors on their clothes, install lights on their bikes and even put a neon yellow vest. But now they can use turn signals just like a car because Apple did just start selling the Loomis Matrix helmets 
in stores and online starting from uh, it's already out actually and they come in two colors which are my favorite two colors <laughs> and i'm wearing them right now white and black and they do sell for a hefty price though around 249 dollars but it is 95 cents as well now if uh, <laughs> you accumulate that two emirates to dirhams it's going to cost you around 900 dirhams now, when we think about design, it's really all about solving human problems. But no one is really looking at the commuters' problems. Um, what the traditional, you know, bikers tend to do to solve this issue is, you know, as you mentioned, Hani, they try to wear you know, bright colors that would make sure that they're visible to every driver. But what Loomis Matrix is going to be doing is basically changing the function of the helmet that we know today. Instead of it just being there for protection, it's also going to be equipped with LED panels on its uh, end. So it's going to be signaling any turns and any brakes to the drivers. If you were to stop your bike, the driver is definitely going to know about it. But it's also going to have a very sleek and streamlined design. Yes, indeed. Now let's look at this in a different type of position. Mm -hmm. Now this is going to motivate people to use bikes. And uh, we're all with green energy and we're all for saving the environment. Now, unfortunately, cars actually they do hurt the environment in a way and uh, with uh, this electric scooters and bike riders uh, they will be now more motivated to ride their bike because uh, we had it we interviewed uh, a couple of months ago someone from the transport industry and the number one uh, the problem or yeah. factor most people had was safety of themselves on the road when riding these electric scooters or bikes because you might be the best bike driver or electric scooter driver or whatever in the world, but someone who's on their phone or doing whatever, not paying attention, might just hit you off the road. But now, with these helmets, LED lights, LEDs are very strong, ladies and gentlemen, and hopefully the drivers will pay attention and you will grab attention on the road. Now, a lot of people might be wondering how would, you know, the helmet know when I'm turning left, when I'm turning right, if I'm doing a break. Well, the biker can definitely activate these lights with a simple touchpad that can be attached to their bike handlebars. Or if, you know, just like Hani, you're an Apple boy, Apple fanboy, you would probably have an Apple Watch application that would automatically detect these hand signals. So if you were, you know, if the watch detects that you're turning right, immediately on your uh, helmet, it will be showing a right signal. And as a user of the application on your Apple Watch, you can can, you're able to adjust the brightness, the flash frequency, and it also gives you uh, different options to how you want the animation to look like on your bike. So it's very customizable. Yes, indeed. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of bike riders now just in the U.S. There are more than 800,000 daily bike commuters and more than 84 million trips taken on shared bikes and scooters. And that is only in the U.S. Now we have the world is a big world. It's a big world, ladies and gentlemen. So you can imagine Europe, the UAE, uh, the Arab world, how many people are using bikes every day and how helpful could it be? But it does come a little bit pricey, but there is no price on safety. Yes, indeed. Text in on 4215. Would you want to get a helmet like this uh, once COVID-19 is over and we are back biking on the streets of the UAE? We're going to be coming back to speak to Ayula Brimo, who is the chief operating officer and co-founder of Smartbin, a bin that can tell you exactly how much carbon are you saving by recycling the waste that we produce? Lots and lots to look forward to, um, but we'll be back right here on Future Talk. Only, only on, on Pulse, Pulse 95. 95.
You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Take this out. Take this out. Pulse 95. Take this out. Now we have something crazy coming right here from the UAE. And we're talking about something coming from the capital. How Abu Dhabi Smart Bin is offering awards to people who recycle. Now, we have a guest today, Ayula Brimo, who is the chief operating officer and co-founder of Cycled, which was a company formed at the New York University in Abu Dhabi and has built a smart bin in a bid to reduce waste. Now, it's definitely interesting because whenever we talk about recycling, a lot of people would love to recycle, but they just don't necessarily have any way of knowing where their recycling is going. Is it actually going to where it's supposed to be or is it just being dumped in landfills? But also, what are they gaining out of it? How much of Earth are they saving? How much carbon are they saving? All this is now being displayed in a very useful bin called the Smart Bin. And to tell us more about it, we have with us on the line uh, Ayula Brimo. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, a pleasure to be on the show. The pleasure is all ours. So can you tell us a little bit about the Smart Bin and how is it encouraging people uh, to uh, deposit recyclable material? Yeah, sure. Um, so the Cycled Smart Bin is um, designed to basically collect um, recyclables and then give people incentives based on the quantity and the type of recyclables they put into it. Mm-hmm. So um, in a nutshell, it's kind of like, you know, a collection system that you would have to register the first time you use it and after that it recognizes you are the one who is using it and it accumulates your points based on that registration. And what type of materials can it distinguish between? So right now we can do plastic, paper and metal. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, uh, it, dep- it will notify the users after they deposit the material. So is this done through an application or how can it? how can the user be notified exactly? Yeah, so um, upon registration, we take either, the user can choose to either register with their email or their phone number. And um, whichever way they, use, they choose to register will be the contact point. Mm. Well, we also have an app which they can download at subsequent time so they can just see all this information on the fly and can keep track. But um, as I mentioned, like every single time they use the bin, they get a response either on their phone, their, as an SMS or an email, depending on the contact details they used to register. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, I have a question, Ayul. How, uh, what kind of motivated you to create this smart bin now with most inventions? Uh, people see a problem and uh, their invention is the solution. Yeah, um, that's a good question. We've been looking at the problem of recycling for a very long time now, and we've tried different kinds of solutions. And one thing that came to us was, which we kind of like, you know, verified was that incentive works. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to have a system where we can collect, I mean, give incentives and at the same time collect in a unified way mm-hmm. was where the whole idea came from. Perhaps we can just, you know, use the regular bins that people are using and give it a little bit of smartness into it so it can give out this incentive. It's interesting that you mention incentives because there's definitely some monetary value that you gain or any user gains once they uh, recycle using this bin. So can you tell us a little bit more about it and where can they redeem all these points? Yes. So um, we most of the time partner with the facilities where the beans are located 
and we give some customized incentives through that um, facility. For instance, one of the incentives we're looking at was um, in the Abu Dhabi National Exhibition Center where we piloted earlier this year, was to give um, people who recycle, when they get a certain amount of points, mm-hmm. they, could get, um, uh, they, could, they could use that to pay for their parking fees oh, in nice. the exhibition center. Mm-hmm. Or if, for instance, if it was going to be in like, you know, a train station, it could also be used to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Pay, directly pay for your, you know, your train ticket or even like, you know, things like Salik mm-hmm. along the line. So but we're hoping many, that we can, yeah. How many, uh, let's say, wa- bo- water bottles would you need to recycle for you to be able to like redeem enough to be able mm-hmm. to purchase something or as you mentioned, pay for a parking ticket just to mm-hmm. put things into perspective? Yeah, so um, for um, somewhere like um, Admec, Mm-hmm. What we did was basically we kind of had it in a gamification um, perspective where you don't have to have so much to um, be able to win, but we do a lucky dip system every hour. So if you use the bin, mm. you could be a lucky person to win it every single hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so is it all based on luck? No. So we have different kind of systems. Like in the Adnex system, it could just be based on a gamification and it could be based on luck. And the reason why we did that specifically was that we were a bit worried in trying to encourage people to generate waste because mm. the idea is actually making them to reduce waste, not yeah. to, you know, come up with like, oh, I'm going to drink 10 bottles of Coke just because I want a free parking. <laughs> That's definitely accurate. Something people would do, right, Annie? Yes, indeed, Omnia. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how do users, uh, how can you discourage users to deposit non-recyclable material when using the spin? Yeah, so um, from we, we see this in two ways. Um, at first, we are given incentives. So we, realized, we found out that along the line, people have been, very few cases have, have we had people come to put the wrong material into it because they were looking for the incentive. But there was a few fraction of people who do that. And what we did was we notified them through warnings and just telling them, oh, thank you for using our bin, but you put the wrong material into it. Because most of the time, it's not malicious. Mm-hmm. People just don't know or they just make a mistake. So we cannot give them that warning. Mm-hmm. But um, very recently, we have now developed a system that it doesn't allow any, I would say, um, contamination. Because when you put in the wrong material into the bin, it becomes the contamination. Mm-hmm. It doesn't allow it to go into the stream of recyclables. So from the lead, we can sort it into another bin where it could stay on its own. So we're going to be coming back to talk a little bit more about the future of the smart bin, what new materials are going to be added to it, but also where do all these recyclables go? Because this is definitely a question that goes in the mind of every environmentalist and honestly, every human living on this earth. So make sure you stay tuned right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse 95. You're You're listening listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. We're back right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse 95. And we're talking everything recycling because we need to save the environment. And the number one way to save the environment is to recycle. But we're not talking about your old-fashioned recycling. 
We're talking about a smart bin. Can you make money from recycling? This is what the smart bin is doing because you could actually have a chance to enter a prize draw, maybe win a restaurant meal or a shopping voucher simply by recycling the ordinary waste that we produce on a day-to-day basis. To tell us more about it, we have with us on the line the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of The Smart Bin, Mr. Ayula Brimo. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, thank you. So right before the show, we talked about the bin, you know, how is it encouraging people to recycle more? But a question that comes to the, in the, to the mind of many is, what is this bin made of to begin with? Yeah, so um, right now, the and the prototypes, we made them from fiberglass. Mm-hmm. But we are looking to um, transit this into making this actually from recycled plastic because it's very possible now these days with um, the new technologies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might be wondering, uh, where can these bins be found? And are they going to be you know, commercialized where anyone could actually go ahead and purchase them? And at what price? Yes. Um, so right now, they're available in New York University, Abu Dhabi, uh, in uh, Adnec. Mm-hmm. And we're working, and, and we working right um, also to have some other locations in Dubai, but not yet, just Abu Dhabi for now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it could be bought directly from us, but um, the model is mostly for facility managers and um, not an individual bin. Um, re- regarding the price points, we don't have a set price point because there are also different um, features and different like you know um, versions. But it could be anything from around three thousand five hundred dirhams around that range. Mm-hmm. Does that um, does that price point kind of discourage people to uh, to to get the smart bin? Um, not really, because it's not a personal bin. It's not a bin you put in your house, basically. Mm. It's a bin for public locations, like in the mall and um, in, for instance, the train station or in the airport. So it's more, it has a business size in it, in the sense that it doesn't only incentivize the customers, but it also saves the facility some money in their waste management bill. Mm. Because, mm. yeah, because if they can sort the material at source, it doesn't go to the landfill, and they usually pay some money to pay, to, to transport this to the landfill. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, they can sell it as um, as a material that has value, mm-hmm. so they get some money from that too. So there's a business point for the facility itself, not just you know only incentivizing the users. So like a win-win situation for the person yes. using it and for the business implementing it. Exactly. Um, one other feature about this bin is that it can tell the user the amount of carbon that they are saving by recycling their waste. So can you tell us a little bit about how that goes and how do you find out about how much of carbon are you saving? Yes, and so we um, try to be very scientific within our approach. And our, ba- our basic mantra is that for every dollar we make, we try and also to save a certain amount of carbon that translates to a dollar in social or environmental value. So we've done quite extensive amount of research to be able to convert the amount of plastic, metal or paper we collect and then transform that to the amount of CO2 you're saving in an in a, in a, in overall perspective. Mm-hmm. One of the big elements is that since you are recycling this and used to make a new product, you are not making, you, you, you're avoiding or you're kind of like, you know, um, diverting the amount of plastic or the CO2 that will be used to make plastic from fresh into that same product. Mm-hmm. So there is a balance there. Definitely. There are all the, yeah, there are all the CO2 um, um, components along the line, but um, we go really deep into that into in the, in, um, 
in the study we, we, we made, and we have a blog post on that that kind of explains the methodology which we use to calculate the CO2 mm. on our website. Absolutely. Um, at the moment, users are able, I think, to drop in plastic, metal, or glass. So what is the future of the smart bin? What other materials are you planning to add? So I, I, right now, plastic, metal, and paper. And we're looking to go into glass and organics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So by organic, you mean that would also include, you know, compost, compost waste, like fruits and vegetables? Exactly. Yes. Fantastic. So there you have it. Smart bin. I think that would be a very interesting feature to have right here in Sharjah, too. Yes, indeed. A smart bin and a smart gadget. Thank you, Ayula, for uh, coming on to the show and telling us a little bit about the smart bin. Hopefully, uh, this will be implemented not only nationwide, but worldwide. More recycling means a better environment and a better world, not only for us to live in, but for our children and future generations. Thank you so much, Ayula, for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thank you. Um, So, you know, from saving Earth to saving our human body, this is exactly what's coming up, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Omar Duri is going to be joining us or joining Pulse95 in just a few moments to tell us more about how can we take care of our mental health and physical health during this home quarantine that everyone is going on. Just because we're sitting at home does not mean that we don't get to be active. And Omar Duri has all the tips and tricks to do just that. So stay tuned right here only on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.